You're listening to The Bottom Line with Eric Parkala of Barkla Sports and Dana Lane of Dana Lane Sports. Hello, this is The Bottom Line. I'm Eric Parkla, and with me as always is my co-host Dana Lane. We are back with another episode after we took a one-week hiatus last week, and we are back to give you some free picks. How you doing this morning, Dana? Good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, football season, I mean, it's... It's it's rolling. It's unbelievable. It's crazy how I fast mean, it's these, going. These results, I I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm watching the CFL because no lead is safe, no cover is safe, and you really, and in many of these cases, have to watch these games right up until the end. I I never feel like even even in the the Lions Jets game where most of the game you felt like you were in control with the Lions, but. Lo and behold, it only ended up being a seven-point game. So, you know, that was a little bit – that feeling was a little bit false for that amount of time. But, you know, games that you think that are in hand end up not being in hand. And I guess if you're a Dallas Cowboy better, that goes against that. But other than that, all these games were were in, uh, were in doubt right up until the end. That's how Minnesota Vikings were for me yesterday. That game seemed like it was going to be start-to-finish cover, and it ended up being that way. But there were a couple times where it turned into a little bit of a sweat. Yeah, unfortunately for me, uh, Tennessee was that time, uh, was that game for me where I had Tennessee plus a seven and a half. And, you know, we squeezed out a little bit of a, a profit yesterday, but certainly not what we were looking for. Um, we did the did the write-up. I was fortunate to do the write-up in the paper yesterday. And, um, yeah, we, we kind of got a little bit of a – Little, little bit of a win in the end, but certainly I wasn't looking for a, uh, a a slight win. I was looking for a big win. But a lot of these games, like I, I told you before this this podcast started, is I would love for one week to sit back and say, okay, let's go up and down the NFL and let's select the teams that seems like the logical choice to win these games based upon paper and then go bet the opposite. Yeah. The Steelers yesterday, seven and a half point favorites over Tampa Bay. I mean, you couldn't have had one team to look worse the week before against the Steelers team that looked offensively looked completely balanced. And then all of a sudden, they lose this game against Tampa Bay and, and give the Bucks credit because when the Steelers continuously took the lead in this game, they continuously came back. And, you know, the, if you are doing well in the NFL right now, good for you because um, there's no rhyme or reason to any of these results. Yes, and everybody can find you at uh, Dana Lane Sports, amongst other places. What do you got going on over at the set? Yeah, you know, um, you can find me on DanaLaneSports.com, obviously. Um, I also took the time to change my Twitter handle. It's now at Dana Lane Sports. So no more Dan Black Diamond questions. So it's at Dana Lane Sports, and obviously um, we are about 5,100 followers right now. So my, my goal is 10,000 followers, and uh, we're certainly moving in that direction. And I'm on various other, other things, and you can get me on Twitter to find out information on that. I actually had to look it up, and sure enough, you did just change your uh, Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's because I, I was um, – I did the uh, over and under show here locally on CBS 1140, and the guy asked me about it again, and and, and the host uh, asked me about it again, and I said, you know, I I think I can't change this because I'll lose my uh, my followers, but that was not the case at all, and I don't know where I got that idea. It was extremely simple and changed in five minutes, so no no more questions about why I. 
had Dan up there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you can find me at Parkola Sports uh, on Twitter. Uh, the website is parkolasports.com. That's P-A-R-K-I-L-A sports.com. And as always, you can also email me, Eric, at Parkola Sports. I'll be happy to talk, answer questions, let you guys know what we have going on. Uh, we're going to give away some free picks again this week. That's kind of been what we've been doing. Yeah, I think we do that. We'll do that now because I I think, you know, that's what people want to hear. Yeah, they absolutely. And I don't care about my opinion about the Washington Reds. <laughs> it's football season. It's time to give out some free stuff. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll give you some winners and you'll come back and – Listen again. Hey, listen again. Ask us to help you out a little bit. We're uh, we're all about helping you. So uh, we'll do every other. If you want to go ahead and start with your your first pick. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start um, with a Friday night game, Louisville at Syracuse, and and this line has opened up at six and a half at Vegas Insider down to three and a half. So you're certainly getting good value with Louisville in this game. And let's not get enamored with what we just saw Syracuse do against Notre Dame. I know they forced a ton of turnovers, but don't get excited because this is what Notre Dame does. They are not going to go deep into the playbook to show Stanford everything that they have. They're not going to give them something on film to look at for the upcoming week. So although Syracuse seemed to hang around Notre Dame, I really felt as if Notre Dame could have beaten this team by 35 to 42 points if they really opened it up. And even in a diluted state, Everett Golson threw for 362 yards and four touchdowns. Even in a diluted state, he completed 25 straight passes, which set a new Notre Dame record and tied a NCAA record. So, look, Syracuse defensively, especially in the secondary, is atrocious. Their kicking game is atrocious. Uh, they have a, a redshirt freshman or walk-on red, redshirt freshman kicking now, uh, Cole Murphy, who took over for Ryan Norton. He missed a 37-yarder last week. He had an extra point blocked, although that was more of a blocking issue than him missing it. I don't think defensively this team is ready to step up against Louisville, who – Kind of going through the motion, not, pretty lethargic at times, but I think this is a good chance for them to gain their, you know, go to five and one if you're not confident at four and one, but go into Syracuse in an environment that is going to be loud, it's going to be noisy, and, and really get their season set uh, or back on track. You know, this is, uh, this is typically a spot where Louisville thrives in in their last 28 games on the road. They're 20 and eight against a number and Syracuse has failed to cover the last four out of five at home so this trend wise and team wise this is certainly not a game where I'm going to favor Syracuse especially if I'm getting a favorable number at three and a half yeah uh, and next week Syracuse I'm sorry next week Louisville goes to Clemson and uh, Syracuse I believe they host Florida State so they got some big games on deck each so uh, and normally I would say well you know, Syracuse is focused on Florida State, but let's be honest, when you're Syracuse, I, I think you focus on every You team. don't look past anybody. And Louisville, their first year in the ACC, they want to get all the ACC conference wins they can. So I don't think they're looking past them. Well, I think Syracuse does too. Well, I think every team in the ACC you, wants to you, get as many would, as they can. You would hope so. <laughs> you would hope that's the way they would play it. Uh, for my first free pick, I'm going to go with – 325, Ohio State minus 7.5. Oh, rotation yeah, number. Yeah, rotation nice. number. Yeah. Uh, at Maryland, 
I really, I mean, something something clicked in the Buckeyes after the Virginia Tech loss. They've scored 58 points a game. I mean, I know 66 of those came against Kent State. They also put up 50 on a terrible Cincinnati defense. That defense is just awful. Uh, the big key, I believe, is the defense. Maryland, they rank 100 in the total defense. They give up 468 yards per game. Ohio State, they're 17th at 314 and a half yards a game. You can actually use West Virginia as a measuring stick. They, uh, West Virginia and Ohio State have similar offensive numbers. They actually rank, I believe, 12th and 13th. They're up in the teens. Right, uh, One is on top of the other. West Virginia is a little ahead. Uh, 533 to 512 yards per game. But the difference is that West Virginia uh, ranks 113th in defense, and that's why Maryland was able to put up 37 on them. The QB accuracy is a big thing. Uh, when your QB's accurate, your quarterback's accurate, they can move the chains. JT Barrett, is com he's coming into his own now. He's finally got some reps. He's got some experience. He's completing over 63% of his passes, 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Five of those interceptions came against Virginia Tech. And C.J. Brown, he's not in the uh, the top 10 in pass, uh, completion percentage. I'm sorry, not top 10, not, not even in the top 100 in completion percentage. He, he's, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not in the top 10. I'm like, boy, and you are tough. I'll, if you're not in the top 10. I'll forgive you for not being in the top 10. I, being not being in the top 100, that's that's a little tougher. And he's questionable, so he's got some injuries he's dealing with, I believe. Uh, Urban Meyer, he is not one to let off the gas. I think that with the new playoff format, you would think that teams would not need to blow teams out anymore. But one-loss teams, come, especially when that loss came to Virginia Tech, that loss is starting to look bad right now. Virginia. I kind of think the opposite about that. You think, you think uh, it looks I, I don't think there's any – even talking about the Oregon game uh, this week against Arizona, Arizona, you know, I have a lot of people to say, well, you know, they're going to they're gonna win this game, but I don't know if they're going to cover that point spread of 22, 22 and a half. And, you know, my thinking is I, I see a scenario where um, unless you're ahead by 35 or so, I, I think if they're up by 17 with three minutes to go – I can't see Oregon not trying to score again because there still is a measure of we have to impress people. I agree with that 100%. So, so, so certainly these teams that really feel like they have a shot of getting into the playoffs, I think those top five to seven teams that really uh, – they're in a, I should probably say top five to eight because Notre Dame is eight. Um, I think they have this mentality of, they. Hey, look, we still have to blow people out. Yeah, and Ohio State, they're, they're still ranked 20th. So they're not getting they're not getting any respect. So I believe they're ranked 20th after the poll came out. I didn't see the recent poll, but I know that they were not in the top eight. Yeah, I haven't seen that. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if Ur Urban Meyer goes. And Maryland, they're at home. I don't know if I necessarily agree with I mean, their last two games, they blew out Syracuse, and uh, I can't think of who they just played this past week off the top of my head, but I still haven't been impressed with Maryland. I don't think the defense is strong enough to hold up against what Ohio State can do offensively, so I would look for the Buckeyes to win impressively. Even at 7.5, I think that Ohio State probably wins this game by double digits. That's a scary number, though. It is a scary number. Boy, I tell you, that 7.5 says to me that the line makers have an opinion and that opinion is not Ohio State. Yeah. But but like we talked about before the show, I couldn't believe when the line came out and Notre Dame uh, was minus 8 against Syracuse. Yeah. At the Meadowlands where at the very worst the crowd would be 50-50 and it was more like 60-40. 
So I, I, there's some been some lines that have come out that I'm like, wow, really? Oh, okay. Maryland played Indiana coming off the big win. Right, 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 right. Got it, got it. So yeah, um, it, you know, I, in in this game, I, I don't have an opinion on it as of yet, but I still want to see more fluency out of Ohio State. I still have that Navy game in the back of my mind where they struggled for a bit to beat Navy. Um, I know that they're down the road a little bit, but I want to see, you know, some consistency out of them. And this certainly, you know, we talked about Maryland before the season even started as a team that we thought uh, might go under the total. And they were in complete shambles and not only on the field, but off the field. Um, I, you know, those sort of things start to take its toll as the season goes on, especially if you don't have success. So you might be right on this side. Uh, and, and certainly, even though if they're ranked in the bottom 10, um, which Ohio State is, you know, certainly if you were uh, one of those teams that uh, you're in a year out or a team that, that fights for a, a title, you st- still think that you're going to get into that four-team playoff. And so if you're in a situation where, you know, you're up by 17, I, I definitely don't think that they're going to let off the gas to allow Maryland back to the backdoor cover Yes. So, what's your second play? Second play. I had to get some coffee this morning, man. <laughs> I'll tell you, I we did we both have done this sportsbook radio show, our sportsbook television show. These guys do a great job. It's a lot of fun. But I'll tell you, it is a not six o'clock a.m. wake up call for us yeah. when we do this show. So I'm all about the coffee. But hey, I love this next game. And this line has definitely gone in my favor. San Diego State opened up minus two and a half. It's also a Friday night game. They've opened up minus two and a half. That Fresno State money has been flowing in on Fresno State. I don't know why. Apparently, these people have not seen Fresno play. Uh, word came down last night, and, and this is part of the reason why Fresno money is coming in, that the uh, freshman quarterback, Nick Bowden, is going to star for San Diego State in place of uh, Quinn Kohler, who suffered a shoulder sprain against UNLV, one of the few things that UNLV did positively. Not bitter about that. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, the difference between these two quarterbacks, and we're not going to, you know, go crazy here just because we're changing quarterbacks. I don't – if you know these two quarterbacks, the only difference – between them is experience. They both have big arms. They're both mobile. In fact, uh, Bowden is a little bit more mobile. And so I think he's going to bring another uh, another aspect of the offense that maybe Kohler has not. Um, I don't – I'm not going to change my thinking on this game just because there's a different quarterback. And if you remember – these two teams were picked to finish one and two in the Mountain West Conference, so there is a huge emphasis uh, on this game, especially with Fresno State, who probably does not expect to be two and three at this point, and this is a good chance for them to to get their season in the right direction. But I think when it's all said and done, I, I've seen Fresno State play teams that they should crush and and take three and a half quarters to wake up. Last week they took a quarter and a half against a team that they should crush, and they ended up covering this game. But I think San Diego State is going to come in there, and, and I think that's the, that's the best team that they have uh, played this year. And San Diego State in their last 16 conference games has covered 11 of those games, while Fresno in their last 26 
Friday night games. And yes, this applies to football where we laugh at it and and baseball. There is a different mindset and a different atmosphere when you're playing on national TV on Friday night. And Fresno has failed to cover 19 of the last 26 appearances on Friday night. And the road team in this in this series is five and two. So all the trends point to San Diego State. I love the fact that everybody's going to jump on Fresno State because of the quarterback change. It doesn't scare me at all. I think they even have a better quarterback right now. And I'm going to take San Diego State and hope this point these points go up. Possible revenge spot for San Diego State also after losing to Fresno State at home in overtime last year. Yeah, not possible. It is. It definitely is. Uh, they. Uh, they, they lost that game last year in a game that, you know, and I don't think Fresno State's nearly as good as they were last year, but this is certainly a situation where I can see San Diego State going on the road knowing that, I again, I think they're extremely comfortable with, with, their, with their backup quarterback in there. I think they think we got a way. All right, we are back after having some brief technical difficulties. Yeah, I there. was the technical difficulty. <laughs> I, I get so animated. I mean, like my hands were going up and down, and I hit the computer, and it didn't like that, so we had to stop. But anyway, we're talking about San Diego State and, and how I think they're going to be extremely comfortable as even on the road against Fresno, and I'm going to sit back and allow the market to go ahead and, and pound Fresno, and I'll take whatever points are left at the end. There you go, San Diego State. So we, uh, my second pick will be 377 Florida at Tennessee, Florida minus one. All right, the Gators are off a blowout loss two weeks ago, and they've had a bye week to think about how bad Alabama beat them. And this, the box score wasn't nearly as close as the final score even was, and the final score was, I believe it was a 21-point loss to Alabama. Uh, this is a Florida team that knows they should win this game. Uh, they're seventeen and four against Tennessee since nineteen ninety three. They've won their last nine game, uh, nine matches against Tennessee by fifteen points per game. Even when Florida wasn't very good last year, they still beat Tennessee by fourteen. They didn't cover the minus sixteen because there was actually a missed field goal in the fourth quarter of that game, but they still got a double digit win. Uh, this has to be a letdown spot for the vol- Volunteers after playing it close with Georgia and just having the time, you know, to go through and they played Georgia really well. So I extremely can, well. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see the the same amount of uh, the same quality of play for two weeks in a row from Tennessee, but Florida, man, they're well. Again, this is the same situation. Don't don't think about what you just saw. Yeah, exactly. We just saw Florida struggle at home against Kentucky, and we saw Georgia uh, struggle at home against Tennessee. But don't get too excited because Florida has had you know, a week off to, to prepare for Georgia, uh, or I'm sorry, a week off to prepare because, uh, you know, Tennessee, I'm sorry, let me throw that again. Tennessee has, you know, looked great against Georgia. Florida didn't look all that great against a team they normally dominate in Kentucky. And so let's not get enamored with what we just saw. Yes, and uh, quarterback Justin Worley for Tennessee, he's a little banged up. He's been dealing with an elbow issue. Uh, coming off the bad loss after a bye, uh, bye week, I mean, I would expect a big game out of Florida and a bounce-back spot. If Florida loses this game, they have LSU, Missouri, bye week, Georgia, 
at Vanderbilt. I mean, that should be a win. South Carolina, they've got Eastern Kentucky. That should be a win. And Florida State, their schedule for the rest of the season is not easy. And if they lose this game, they could go into a downward spiral, and it might be the, the last we see of Will Muschamp down in Gainesville. Oh, I think it's going to be anyway. So um, I'll take Florida minus one. Uh, the line looks a little low to me, but I really don't have a problem backing the Gators in this spot coming off the uh, the bad loss in the bye week. No, I think it's a great spot, actually, and I think it's setting the public up just right. And uh, I'm not on this game right now, but uh, I certainly would Florida uh, side. Uh, if I had to pick off the top of my head, I certainly would, would side with Florida right now. So you got one more pick for us. Yeah, you know, um, going on that Georgia-Tennessee theme, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to watch Georgia and Vanderbilt and Tennessee now. Uh, this Georgia team, I think, last week was, you know, they, they got Tennessee's best effort, and now they're giving up 32.5 points against Vanderbilt. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see Todd Gurley yet, but this kid, uh, it, it, the, the Heisman hype is 100% on. This kid is a special kid that's going to make a big paycheck at the next level. Um, I know Georgia can score at will in this game. The question is, uh, are they going to be able to stop Vanderbilt? And there's nothing that would indicate to me that they couldn't stop them on a consistent basis. Uh, the, the task will certainly be a lot easier against Wade Freeback. If he plays, I expect them to play uh, tight coverage against the, the freshman quarterback, uh, which incidentally, uh, he may not get the whole game. He Obviously, he may not start again because it does look like Pat and Robinette's going to be back. So uh, it might be a 50-50. I'm trying to gauge right now when I watch, you know, Georgia press conferences, trying to gauge, you know, how much each quarterback is going to play. But as it stands right now, it looks like they're both going to get playing time. And, and if I was Georgia, I'd do the same exact thing uh, against Vanderbilt. I would bring up my coverage. I'd play him tight, and I would force, uh, force either the, the freshman or Robinette to throw the ball down the field. Uh, Vandy produced 139 yards last week versus Kentucky, and I can't really envision a scenario that would lead to more success against Georgia. I, this 32-and-a-half to me, even though it's a huge number, uh, it looks like an, an extremely easy number because I don't think Vanderbilt has the horses to, to stop Todd Gurley. And um, Even though last week I thought, well, you know, if you make Georgia one-dimensional, which Tennessee tried to do, if you make them one-dimensional and throw the ball and where they're in a situation where they have to throw the ball down the field, that's where I think Georgia is vulnerable. But uh, in this situation, I think that running game, which is as good as I've seen uh, this year out of anybody, I think that running day, game is going to have a huge day against Vanderbilt, and covering this 32-and-a-half points is not going to be an issue at all for the Bulldogs. Yeah, we've already seen Georgia cover a 41-and-a-half point line against uh, Troy, and back-to-back -back, uh, road games for Vanderbilt. Last week, Kentucky. This week, coming to Georgia. Georgia ATS win loss win loss. So if you go by the uh, every other, they're due right. for they're due for a cover. <laughs> yeah, and, and really, I mean that that is the epitome as well as the way uh, as well of the way pro football and college football has gone this year. It's win loss win loss win win loss. You know, watch the Steelers will come out next week and just you know throw up four hundred yards and, and easily win. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I heard Andy Isco said last night, he said, I'm not surprised that the Steelers uh, didn't cover, but I am surprised that they lost. And I think that that's 
a sentiment that's shared by a lot of people, even though at seven and a half and the uh, the the uh, the offense to me looked extremely balanced, considering they had two backs over 100 yards the week before, taking a lot of pressure off of Roethlisberger that he doesn't have to do everything on his own. I think that. Um, Defensively, and I, I know I'm getting off on this subject, but I even with Harrison coming in, I thought, well, you know, I, he may be a, a warm body in a Steelers uniform, but his effect in the locker room is immeasurable, and I feel like that they will play well enough defensively and really want to kind of show off um, show off their, their offense, which I think was in a good place. And then they show up against Tampa Bay, and, you know, not only – no, not only did they, uh, you know, take the lead and, uh, and allow Tampa to come back twice in this game. I, you know, those are the types of games like the Cowboys last night. Those are the types of games where good teams put put teams away. They don't allow them to come back. So here we are with the Steelers again. We we got on their bandwagon and thought, wow, their offense is is clicking on all cylinders, and now we're we're screeching to a halt again. And now we don't know the Pittsburgh Steelers. So to come full circle on this, I was gonna say, where are you going with this? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just whatever comes off the top of my head. But to go full circle with this, you know. In college sports and in the NFL, we have no idea what's going to happen from week to week. We kind of guess based upon what we've seen. But again, guys, if you have some sort of a you know dilemma in who you're going to choose from week to week, the best thing to do is to whatever's logical, pick the illogical side. Yes, yeah, I can I can agree with that. And my final pick will be. Uh, 394, Colorado plus seven at home against Oregon State. Uh, I like to back good offenses who can put points on the board when you need them. I would also, under ideal circumstances, like that team to have a good defense that can make the stops when you need it. But uh, sometimes those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> you can't get you can't get one without the other. Part part of the reason, part of the point I'm making about Arizona this week at 22 point underdogs to Oregon. You are not going to beat Oregon unless you have a big play defense that can make that can force turnovers, and Arizona doesn't have it. That's why they're they're completely and undefeated. They're completely disrespected in this line. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Colorado, they've been very good on offense. They, uh, I believe, they're top twenty-five. 485.6 yards per game and averaging over 30 points per game. Uh, it's interesting this team keeps losing because they've actually outgained both Arizona State and Cal. Typically, when you outgain and out first down a team, if you lose, it's because of the turnovers. Right. But the turnovers haven't really been that big of a deal either. So it's well, really. Well, then you go to special teams. Yeah, it's really tough to put a, put a handicap on this. But I don't. <sighs> Because of the Pac-12 network, and I have DirecTV, and nobody can watch Pac-12 network games on DirecTV, Sifo Leofau, Leofau, the quarterback for Colorado. Yeah, we'll go with that. Say close enough. Uh, he's completing over sixty-five percent of his passes. See, I don't handicap games where I can't pronounce the players' <laughs> names, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, Tom Smith's going to be awesome this week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, keep it simple, right? So, uh, Oregon State. Uh, I've watched. Every Oregon State game so far, I believe, and they just look like they've been sleepwalking through the season. They let Hawaii, they built up a huge lead against Hawaii in the first half, let them come back for the backdoor cover. Uh, they covered against San Diego State. They just didn't look impressive. And they almost look like they're disinterested in playing football this season. Mannion, he's a quality quarterback, but he has nobody to throw to. Losing Brandon Cooks was huge because the Oregon State receivers have just not lived up. 
to what they were last year. Uh, the defense appears to be solid, but they struggled big time against USC. They gave up 461 yards and 35 points. I think the Buffaloes are a live dog, and they're going to look to avenge last year's 17-44 uh, to beatdown that they took. 17-44? To 44-17? Come on. Is that man. better for you? Dude, you're a male. Girls say 17 44. 17 44. I put the, uh, the score I, of the team I'm talking about. In front of <laughs> so, yeah, 44 to 17, if, uh, if that's better for you. The uh, Oregon State Beavers beat Colorado last year in Oregon State. So, I think the offense is good enough to uh, overcome the Oregon State defense that really hadn't played anybody up until last week. Pac 12 has been kind of funny. Arizona State, a lot of people thought would be similar to last year with Taylor Kelly. I don't know what it is about senior quarterbacks coming back, but Taylor Kelly for Arizona State. Man, I'm telling you. Uh, Brett they, Hundley. They put so much emphasis on that game against UCLA and totally laid an egg. And we, we said that on another show where I just completely – I mean, everything from Sunday night on through the kickoff to that game, Arizona State was talking about how – in some cases, that was a bigger game than Arizona. You know, they put so much emphasis on it. And then I listen to UCLA, and they don't say a word about it. It, it almost reminds me uh, of this. In some ways, I feel like the UNLV-UNR rivalry is forced sometimes. Because I don't, from a UNLV standpoint, I don't think we really mark our calendar for UNR week. I mean, okay, it's a it's in state or whatever, you know, but I don't think we really get all excited about it like like we did especially in basketball when when UNLV played BYU or Utah or or San Diego State. I don't see that kind of rivalry with UNR. So, I think it's kind of the same thing here where Arizona State is trying to you know, get all hyped up and make this this big deal, and they, they completely fell in their face, and, and we're outclassed by a better UCLA team. So, okay, to wrap this up real quick, we have uh, Louisville minus three and a half, Ohio State minus seven and a half, San Diego State uh, pick is the consensus right now. What? Yeah. Come on, I get my one. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> this game ties. San Diego State. Uh, yes, I know there's no ties. I don't well, need the text. Well, I'm saying San Diego State. There's no plus ones right now for San Diego State. It's all minus ones still. All right. Well. So I'll give you the I'll give you the pick. That's okay. Um. Well, like I said uh, last night. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't pick these games thinking I'm going to win by a half. So yeah. I don't sweat that stuff. <laughs> Uh, Florida minus one, Georgia minus thirty-two point five, and Colorado plus seven. So we got, we got, we got some some chalk on there. But it's yeah, not, well, it's I think bad. we got clearly better teams on on, uh, especially in the Georgia side. I well, think they're clearly a better team, and I think they want to. I, I don't think they played their best last week against Tennessee, and I think they'll get back to what they like to do, and that is running the ball. And I think they're going to run all day against Vanderbilt. And it's like you said, no lead is safe, no you know, no cover safe because I mean. It's just the way that college football has been being played this year. So I really don't have a problem laying points with the team that I think is clearly outmatching the other team. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I don't get scared scared away by, you know, big point spreads or anything like that. I mean, I uh, I try to find some, some value. Uh, I try to find advantages, whether it's by, by trends or line mistakes based upon my own power ratings. 
And, and certainly in the games that we gave out, I certainly feel like that we have an advantage, especially especially in that Louisville game. I mean, that, that number's getting pounded down, even a, a pick that Fresno's getting some uh, some play because of I, I think they think that there's going to be a backup quarterback in at home um, against San Diego State who, you know, coming in with a backup quarterback. I, you know, that's that's not right, and that's saying you're not doing your homework on this because the backup quarterback at San Diego State potentially is is better than Nick Bob. All right, tell everybody uh, where they can find you one more time. Okay, always DanaLaneSports.com or on Twitter, which is now Dana Lane at Dana Lane Sports, not Dan Black Diamond anymore. I found out how to actually change that, so. Uh, you can find me on those two, and then uh, oh, what do we got coming up? I'm in the Las uh, no, well, I'm in the Las Vegas Review Journal today, and of course, uh, Sports Winning Info podcast later in the week. And yeah, you can always check our Twitter to find out where we're at, yeah, also, because we're promoting that stuff. We get to the point. I mean, the better you do, and thankfully, you know, some people we fool some people into thinking our opinion matters, but um, you know, the more that gets asked of you the harder it is to keep up with everything. So we try to you know, put that all on Twitter and, you know, and the great thing about what we do is every time we go on a different show, I try to give different plays because I don't want you to go to one entity and think, well, I got all this plays for the week. No, I want you to go to all these things because I do have an opinion on, on most of these games and, you know, I want you to take part in everything. Yeah. And you can get a hold of me on Twitter at Parkola sports. That's P A R K I L A sports. Uh, the website is parkolasports.com, and you can email me, Eric, at parkolasports. So, cool. Uh, until next week, thanks for listening. Okay, guys. Have a great week.